Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. The title I have for you this morning is called Great Work. Turn to your neighbor and say, Great Work. Great Work. One of the things that all of us have in common is that we are so easily distracted, right? We live in a culture that actually encourages us to be distracted because all of us are on a constant search for some sort of visual stimulation. And if you're one of those, you know, Instagram flicks, you kind of go on Instagram, you scroll, Facebook, you scroll through, and sometimes it's like image after image after image, And it seems like our attention span, especially for young people, has has gone to microseconds, right? Images flash by so fast that some of us older people are probably thinking, do you even get anything out of seeing any of those images? Because they're just going by at a thousand miles an hour. They're whipping, flashing by. And some of us, if we have to stare at one image for too long, we get bored, right? We need something new to look at every second. And especially if you're older now, You notice how some of the media, some of the kids watch, are so fast, and images are so fast that you don't even know what's happening. Or if you've ever tried as an older person to sit down and get a young person to watch a movie that was filmed maybe 20 to 30 years ago. Right, have you ever tried that? They'll be like, where's the action? What's going on? There's too much talking. And if things aren't blowing up, if guns aren't blazing, if people are not crashing over a cliff, it's not entertaining. You know, story is not that important anymore. It's all about the imagery. And because this is a culture we live in, and it's not just true for younger people, it's also true for most of us. Most of us are distracted. And if you're like me, I often get distracted and get pulled away from different things that demand my attention. And so often, the thing that I get distracted by is never as important as the thing I get distracted from. Right? And there could be multiple things, right, to be distracted by. And so there's multiple things that I could be distracted by, but it's never as important as the thing that I get distracted from. And they might be mildly important, but they're never as important as the thing I get distracted from. And losing focus in some areas of our life might not be a big deal in some seasons of our life, but there are certain seasons and certain times and areas of our life, if we take our focus off where we are going, we are in serious danger of getting off track, and we might end up a few years down the road asking the question, how did I end up here? How did I get in this much trouble? What am I doing in this situation? How did I make such a mess of my life and I don't even remember choosing to go down this path? And this could be traced back to a time in your life where you allowed yourself to be distracted by something that might have been entertaining or even enjoyable but it took you away from what was most important. So in this season, 
And in this year, maybe there's something, and I don't know what it is for you, but maybe there's something that you need to focus on and not get distracted from. Maybe that one thing could be potentially the one that will impact your life in a significant way and move you forward to your desired future and your desired destination. And maybe that one thing can help, and maybe it's a habit that you need to get rid of. Maybe it's a relationship you need to restore. Maybe there's a relationship you need to seize because it's not benefiting you. Or that debt you need to pay off. Or maybe there's a course that you need to do that you've been putting off for a long time. And you, if you got this qualification, you'd actually progress in your company. But you've just been putting it off and putting it off and not getting done. And see, we keep getting distracted by things that some might be urgent, might be something that we need to pay attention to in the moment. And there's a lot of urgent things in our world. We live in a world that is filled with urgent things. And life is distracting. And here's the thing. I don't want what's urgent to distract you from what's most important for you, your family, your future in this season of your life. Because there's a lot of urgent things, but they're not the most important thing. So I'm going to show you a very great example this morning that you can put into your life, and it comes from a great leader in the Old Testament. And it's a great narrative on how to make good choices, how to make great choices for our life. And it's found in the book of Nehemiah, and it's actually a memoir of his life. And we get great insight to his thoughts and his actions, because Nehemiah is the one that actually writes this memoir. It's his diary, so to speak. So we get into that, and we discover what he is. And for a little bit of context, this story takes place, and you might be interested in, it takes place in actually 444 BC. And so when this happens, the nation of Israel has been conquered for about 300 years, and they're living under enemy rule. They've lost their sovereignty, which means they don't have a king, they don't have any government, they don't have any army. They're living under the rule of an alien nation. And for 300 years, they've been destroyed. And enemy kingdoms have really had their way with Israel. They've plundered their land, they've taken what they wanted, and nation after nation, and finally the Babylonians came in and they destroyed the temple and they took away all the most valuable things from the temple, from the city, and even the most smart and educated people they took away and they took away the Fab Four, you know them, Daniel, Shadrach, Abednego, right? Abednego. <laughs> they took them away as captives. And eventually, Persia conquered Babylon. And King Cyrus the Great, he decided that what he's going to do is he's going to free all the people. And so he told the Jews that were living in Babylon, he said, you know what, you can return home to your homeland. And many of them, thousands of them decided to return home and they left for Jerusalem. But some that stayed in Babylon, they stayed there because they were born in Babylon. Their, their families grew up there. They've been there for 300 years. And so some of them decided to stay in Babylon, and other people decided to left. So really, this was a people that were divided in two places. And the ones that returned to Jerusalem found the city broken 
and ruined. The walls of the city were destroyed and they had many holes in the walls. There's some part of the walls that didn't even exist anymore. The gates were burned and destroyed and there was no wall to protect the city. The temple had been ransacked and left almost demolished and things were tough. So these people that went back, they kind of tried to build back the temple because that was the most important thing. And it was nowhere close to Solomon's temple. You know, it was kind of like a put together piece by piece. It didn't look good. When they saw this temple, the old people began to cry and weep because they said the glory of the temple is gone because this Econo temple is not even close to what the real temple was. And more importantly, the people that lived in the city, they lived in constant fear of the surrounding territories because an ancient city without walls was no city at all. The enemy could come in at any time and cut and attack them and plunder them and raid them and all kinds of things happened and they lived under this constant fear and threat of this enemy attack. And at this time, Nehemiah, who lived in Persia, he had been there with his family for quite a while, he was serving King Artaxes, who was the greatest king in that time. And he, his brother actually decided to return to Jerusalem, and then they stayed there for a while, and Nehemiah's brother returned back, he journeyed back to Persia. And then he meets Nehemiah, and Nehemiah asks his brother, he says, how is our ancestral home? How is it doing? I heard that things are not going so great. And this is what his brother actually said. And this is actually the text from Nehemiah's diary. And this is what Nehemiah writes. He said, they said to me, those who lived the egg and, and the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. So here's this capital city that is left in ruins. There's not even a gate to protect anyone to keep intruders out, and there's no walls to protect anyone in this city. It's degrading, it's harmful, it's distressing for the people that live there. Imagine, if you will, that you came home one day and you found that your front door had been bashed down and someone had gone into your house and taken all of your valuables, stolen all the stuff. And you call the police and you say, you know, all my stuff's gone, and they say, yes, we're going to try and find out who it is. But you have to stay in this house with your kids and your family. And no one can fix the door because it's late at night and you have to stay in this house that's just been ransacked. The doors, you can't close the door. How would you feel? Would you feel safe? Would you feel secure? Would you feel like this is a great place for me and my family? You wouldn't, right? So imagine these people you could never feel safe. They could never feel safe. And the whole city was like that. They could not keep their enemies out. And it was a horrible situation. So Nehemiah, he's not happy when he hears this news. And he documents his reaction. This is what he writes in his diary. He says, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For many days I moaned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And this caused Nehemiah great distress because these were his people. This was his city and he had never been there before but there was something stirring in his heart for his people. And so he had a job as a cupbearer before King Artaxes, the greatest king at that time. And so he shows up one day to work and the king realizes there's something not right with Nehemiah. And so he says to him, what's happening with you? What's going on? And Nehemiah tells him, you know, my people 
are in great distress. And it's caused me a lot of pain. And I'm going through this hurt for my people. And so the king says, okay, what can I do to help you? Which was great for a generous king, right? And Nehemiah says, and he asked some stuff, which was really a bold request. He says, can I have some time off? And I mean like, not a little bit, a really long time off. And the king actually says, yes. So he says, I want to go back and help my people. And it took a lot of courage to ask a king to be let off from his job. It was a courageous thing to say, and, and Nehemiah did it. In fact, King Artaxes is a, is a great king. He says, you know what? Yes, you can have as much time as you want. In fact, I'm going to give you supplies to help you rebuild your city, and I'm going to make you governor of the city because Israel, or Judea, was a vassal state, which means that Persia controlled it. So he says, I'm going to make you the governor, in fact, going to be helpful. So Nehemiah, he then journeys to Jerusalem, and when he shows up, it's even worse than he expected, he, than he imagined. The people are depressed and in fear. There's not much money. Their crops, their fields are overgrown. The, the forest is coming. They can't even, you know, creep their, uh, reap their crops and things like that. And the surrounding regions, they were taking advantage of Judea. So he takes a tour and he examines the wall and the destruction. And as I said, it's worse than he thought. So he makes a very strategic decision. And this is so smart of Nehemiah. He assigns every family, because now he's a governor. You can tell them what to do and they have to listen. He says, I want every family to work on a wall, piece of the wall. But he assigns every family a piece on the wall that's closest to where they live. Such a smart decision. You know, he's a great leader. And so they all work on the piece of wall that's closest to their house and where they live. So everyone gets to work and eventually to create these gates and these walls to protect their city and lift their self-esteem and make them feel like a people again. And this was great news for the people that lived in Jerusalem, great for the city. But that was not so great news for the people that lived in the surrounding areas that were taking advantage of Jerusalem. And this reason, for hundreds of years, they'd been coming in and plundering Jerusalem. And they didn't want Nehemiah to come in because it was just free reign for them. See, a city that had a wall around it could protect itself and was a military threat, so they did not take the rebuilding of this wall lightly. So these surrounding regions they began to take some actions. At first, they tried to intimidate the people that were working on the wall. When that didn't work, they tried to intimidate the family members of the people working on the wall. And when that didn't work, they attacked the family members that lived outside the wall. So all Nehemiah had to do was try to get everyone into the city, which caused a bigger problem because now the city was becoming overpopulated. But in spite of all of this, they did not stop working on this wall. The work on the wall continued. And then, because of these attacks, Nehemiah had to arm his workers. And then again, he makes such a smart leadership decision. The book of Nehemiah is an amazing leadership book. I encourage you to read it and find out how great a leader Nehemiah actually is. So what he does, because these people are attacking him, he chooses a family member to arm themselves while the other family members work. So the family member that was protecting the other people was actually a family member. This wasn't some stranger. This was not just some other guy. They were protecting their daughters, their sons, their fathers and mothers as they stood there, which means they were even more diligent to watch for their enemy and protect their family. Smart decision. 
But in spite of all these distractions and threat and intimidation, the work on the wall just continued day after day, day after day. And so the ringleader of the opposition to building this wall was a man called Sam Ballot. And he was desperate because he saw the work on the wall progressing in record time. And it was not stopping. So in the past, when people decided to start on the wall, Sand Ballard and his cohorts would come in, they would threaten them, they would intimidate them, and the work would stop and everyone would disperse. But this guy, this guy Nehemiah, doesn't seem to be working with him because they've been threatening, they've been attacking, they've been doing all these things, but Nehemiah doesn't stop. So here's what Nehemiah writes. He said, When word came to Sand Ballard, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and no gap was left in it. So they, now they've completed the wall. They've completed all of it. The wall's actually done, but the gates haven't been closed yet. Though at that time, I had not yet set the gates, the doors in the gates, Sanballat, the Geshem, and Geshem sent this message to me. And this is the message that they sent to Nehemiah. It says this, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. See, they had set a plan up. If we can get Nehemiah off this wall, bring him down to this plane that's away from everyone, we can actually kill him. Because that's the only way we're going to get this project stopped. So they said, come down, Nehemiah, come have a chat with us. They wanted to pull him away from the wall. They wanted to isolate him, and they wanted to kill him. So Nehemiah replies with this statement. And this is what I want you to grab and get a hold of this morning. Because this is so important. This is so amazing and, and a revelation to all of us that we can actually understand. The message that Nehemiah sends back is what should be written in our hearts. It should be a mantra for our lives. It should be a quote you can put on your office wall in your home and commit it to memory if you can, because if you follow this, it's going to make a huge impact in your world. Anytime you have a decision, and whenever you are tempted to opt for immediate over ultimate, whenever you are opting for temporary over permanent, whenever you think I'm going to take what's urgent over what's most important, or what I want now for what I want the most, or take the optional instead of the permanent one, I want you to remember Nehemiah's response. And like you, I have been tempted many a times in many areas of my life. And, and sometimes I've made the wrong choice. I've actually given in to the temptation and regretted it later. Like you, we've all had this. And, but this statement can actually bring us back to center, refocus us, and reprioritize our life to actually give us the desired future that you want for your future. I remember when I started to realize that God had called me to do something. And at that time, I had friends that I used to hang out with, and, and they didn't really believe in God, but I loved them. They loved me. We used to hang out all the time. We used to have passionate games of basketball. We used to play basketball all the time. That was our yeah, enjoyment, and it was a great activity. I enjoyed hanging out with them. I enjoyed playing basketball. Sometimes we played basketball from like night at night to one in the morning, right? It was just, and then we'd go eat and do all the stuff. But then I had this tug from God that was pulling me in a different direction. 
It was pulling me into a place that I knew where my life needed to go. And so I started spending more time studying the scriptures. And when they called and made plans, like we always made plans, and it was again something that I really, really enjoyed. There was this tension. Here's something that I enjoy, something that is an activity that was great and it's fun, but it was not going to move me in my desired direction. And for all of us, it's true. There's this tension to do something that might be good, but is it moving you in the direction of your desired future? It might be great. It's a great thing. But is it taking you where you need to go, where you want to go, where your life is supposed to be? Will it benefit your future? And so often, we make the choice for the immediate and not for the future. I would love for you to write the statement down, memorize it, and let it resonate in your heart. So here's the statement. Sunia responds, it says this, so I, I send a message to them with this reply. And one point before I actually give you the statement, when Nehemiah assigned people to work on this wall, he also gave himself an assignment. He was a great leader. He wasn't going to ask his people to do something that he was not prepared to do himself. So even though he was governor, he got up there on the wall and began to work alongside everyone else. He was actually doing work on the wall. So when these messengers come from Sanballat and show up, he's on the wall doing work building the wall. He's up there on the wall. So they look up to him and they say, hey, we have a message and it's from Sanballat. And he shouts down to them. He says, what is it? And they say, well, they want to have a meeting with you. And this is what he writes back. He says, here's why I reply. Take this down. Take this back to Sanballat. You ready for his response? This is what he says. Here's the message. I'm carrying on a great project and I cannot go down. Another version says great work. I cannot go down. Why would the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? I'm carrying on a great work and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? So think for a moment. What is most important to you right now? What is the, the most important thing in your life? This is a question you should ask yourself right now, for all of us as well. What distracts us from our most important work? What pulls you away from the main priority of your life? Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? Why should I stop doing what's the most important thing in my world, in my life, and be distracted by something else? That might be a little bit urgent, it might be mildly important, but it's not the most important thing. Why should I stop the most important thing in my world to go down? And this is so Amazing on multiple levels, right? Because he's saying, I have to come down. He physically has to get off the wall and go down. But also he's talking about going down to a different level. I'm on a different level. I have to go back down and be distracted, right? I have to lower myself to this distraction when I have a, a better priority. 
I have to be pulled away from what's important to me for your supposed emergency. Why should I stop working on what is most important that is going to make a difference to the people who are most important to me and do something of less importance? That's a great question. Why would I do that? Why do you do that? Why do you leave the most important thing in your life, whatever that is, your family, your work, your project, your work for God, whatever that is, why do you leave the most important thing and be distracted by something that's not? So Nehemiah said this, write down this answer and take it back to Sanballat. So they write it down and they take it back to him, but Sanballat and those guys, they're invested in trying to eliminate Nehemiah. So they send a message back trying to wear him down. They want him to come off that wall. They want him to stop that great work and come down and be distracted. And here's what Nehemiah writes in his, in his diary. He says this, four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. Right? Four times they kept sending this message. Let us know, Nehemiah, when you're free. You know, we can work around your schedule. Just let us know when you're free. We can work around what you have. If you have an opening in your diary, opening in your appointment, just let us know. We can reschedule our appointment. When do you have time to chat? Wouldn't it be great if we could just catch up and just have a discussion? Just a discussion. But this was not about scheduling. This was not about making time in his day. This was about a priority conflict. What was the most important thing? There's always time for us to fill our calendar with the wrong stuff. Have you noticed? You can fill your, your life and your calendar with meetings and activities and appointments and catch-ups. And you can squeeze in all kinds of things into your life. But it's not the most important thing. And things might be great. And here's the danger. It's not that we're doing bad stuff. We're doing great stuff. We're having fun. We're enjoying the stuff that we do. So why wouldn't we say yes to this? But it's not the most important thing. Things that might be great and fun and good and things that you would enjoy, but don't take you further down the path of where you're supposed to be. But Nehemiah, he's a smart guy. This was not about fitting things and making time on his schedule. Nehemiah had already decided what was the most important thing to him. And because he'd already decided what was most important, it was easier to say no to things that were not. You have to pre-decide what's the most important thing. So four times they tried to get Nehemiah off this wall, and he answers them in the exact same here. What's his answer? This is his answer. I'm carrying on a great work and cannot go down. All of us, say it together. I'm carrying on a great work and cannot go down. Clarity of vision creates clarity of priorities. Clarity of vision creates clarity of priorities. That's a quote from John Maxwell. So maybe for you, 
now, there are things that you need to prioritize in your future because it's your future that's at stake. It's your progress that's at stake. It's your job that's at stake. It's your family that's at stake. It's your success that's at stake. You don't have to say no to things forever. It's just no in this season because there's an important work that needs to get done now. And because these things that we have, we schedule our life with, they're not bad things. Catching up with friends, that's not bad, that's good. That hobby, that activity, it's a good thing. They're things that aren't wrong. They just take away time from what's the most important thing. You don't have to say no forever, but in this season, at this critical juncture of your life, what is the most important thing? And the reason we need this is because there are so many opportunities for all of us. So many opportunities that come into our life consistently that could be good, that could be great, that could be even beneficial. So this isn't a, a bad choice versus a good choice. This is a wise choice versus an unwise choice. It's not good versus bad. It's, it's wise versus unwise. Because here's something true. The enemy of great is good, not bad. The enemy of great is good. Because we can be taken away by good things and we'll never achieve great things. It's not bad to do that stuff that you like or enjoy, but is it wise? In this season of your life, is it the most important thing? And this is not throughout your life, as I said, it's just a season for your life. And think about it in Nehemiah's context. If he said yes, they would have killed him. If he say he came off that wall and went to meet them, they would have eliminated him. And maybe this is not so drastic for you and me, you and I. We're not going to be killed off. But there are certain situations or hobbies or activities or things that we can choose to do now that might not be good or might be even good, but will kill your chances of experiencing the future that you want. Those friends of mine that I used to play basketball with all the time, I had to say no for a season because I had a work that I had to do. And the reason I stand here now in front of you now is not based on the choices I made yesterday or even last month. They're based on the choices I made years ago. Choices that led me to be here right now in this spot in front of you saying this exact same thing. Your future life will be determined by the choices you make now. So you might be doing good and you might be saying, look, I'm going to get the school assignment done, but your friends call you to get online and game. You look at your future and say, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Maybe you're at work and you're tempted to stay longer at work and, you know, I've got this project I have to complete, but you have kids and a wife at home that need your attention. Take a look at that picture and say, I'm doing a great work and I can't stay longer. I have to do what's important to me. 
Maybe God has called you to do something that impacts lives and people around you and help extend the kingdom, but your bed says that you need to stay a little bit longer in there, and you say, I can't stay down anymore. I got a great work to do. Young people, what is the most direct path to the future you want? Think about that. What is the most direct path? There's a great work that you should be doing. Because you and all of us, like Nehemiah, you are writing the story of your life. And this is the only story you get to write. There's no redos, there's no do-overs, there's no days off, there's no timeouts. You write your story every single day of your life. And whatever happens, that is the story you're writing. What do you want in your life? And what do you want the story of your life to be? What if you wrote, gamed all day and forgot my studies? Well, that's your story. What if you said, I'm skipping out on some uni classes because my friends invited me for a picnic in the park? That's your story. That's the story you write. All the people, you worked whole hard all day and you stayed overnight, but you didn't spend time with your kids and they didn't actually get to know you. That story is the story you write. That time, you'll never get it back. You are writing the story that is going to be told about your life every moment of the day. These guys in Nehemiah's life, they were not going to stand for him saying no. When he refused to come down and be distracted, they started rumors about him and it spread it around. They said, Nehemiah is building the wall because he wants to be a king. And that was insurrection of the highest order in that time because they were saying he was actually rebelling against King Artaxes. And they hoped that King Artaxes would hear this and kept Nehemiah removed. You know, distractions and criticism have a way of getting us off center. Criticisms take us away and we pause and we listen to criticism and then we get distracted by what we are supposed to do because other people have opinions in our life that might not necessarily be beneficial for us. But we pause and we pay attention and we come off that great work that we're supposed to do. The most important thing in our world is pulled away or distracted because we're letting, listening to criticism and rumors from other people. They spread this rumor about Nehemiah, but he ignores them, and he focuses on the task. And this is what the text said, which I love. So the wall was completed on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. In 52 days, they rebuilt a wall that was not built in 300 years. 52 days. Not with modern technology, not with equipment that we have, by labor with hands and families that were not construction workers. If you read the text, there were priests and laborers and farmers. They did it in 52 days. What an amazing accomplishment. Such an amazing work. But not everyone was happy, right? Nehemiah says, when our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid 
and lost their self-confidence. Why? Because they realized this work had been done with the help of our God. You know what's amazing about the book of Nehemiah? What is really amazing to me is that there are actually no miracles. No miracles. There's nothing supernatural that happened. This is the kind of lives that we live. Everyday lives. The day-to-day things that we do in our life. That's what they did. Nehemiah knew in his heart that this is the job he has to do. And yes, God was with him and a constant in his life, but he had to get the work done. And there's nothing supernatural that occurs, and yet God empowers them to get the work done. There are no miracles. There's just dedication to what God placed in his heart, hard work, focus, and then there's the success. And here's what it means for us. If God did that for Nehemiah, he can do it for you and for me. We all have a great work to do. In your family, in your home, in your church. So consider this thought today. Consider this. What is your wall? What is the most important thing in your life right now? And are you paying enough attention to it or are you getting distracted by things that could be urgent, that could be good, but are not great? What is the one thing you need to stay focused on until it's completed? So what is your work? What are you called to do? What are you supposed to be leaning into in this season of your life? Maybe it's a business that you need to start. Maybe it's a diploma or degree that you need to take that you know you should, but you haven't said, you know, there's just no time. A relationship that you need to restore because that relationship is going to lead to forgiveness in your heart and people that are watching can also get encouraged. Maybe it's closing off that debt. Maybe it's being a present parent in your child's life. Maybe it's stepping into what God has been calling you to do and you've placed this, God's placed this in your heart, but you've shelved it and you said, you know, I'm not ready, it's not the right time, I'm too busy. All those things in your life that are the most important, but you've never actually completed it. And part of the equation is not being distracted by things that pull you off the work, right? And so maybe there's some obstacles in your world that you need to remove. Things that are pulling you away from the most important thing. Maybe it's something that you need to stop doing. Maybe it's time to watch less TV and read more books. What do you need to eliminate? Not forever, just for this season, because there's something important that you need to do. And here's a question that's hard, but I need to ask it. 
who is keeping you from becoming what you're supposed to be? Who do you need to eliminate? Not like take out. <laughs> Let's be clear. Just cut off from your life. <laughs> They're not the best influence. They're not actually helping you move to your preferred destination. They distract you from your most important thing. And you know this. You, the, the important thing here is that what I'm telling you is not something new. You know this already. You know who is important and the most important thing. And you know what's distracting you. See, the reason I know this is because God does not create anything of no value. You have an important work to do. A great work to do. There's greatness and amazing work in you. There's a great story that you have to write. And you're writing it each and every day. But how are you going to write the story? What are you going to write? You are doing a great work and you can't be distracted. What is the most important thing? There are many things that you could do this year and should do this year. But what is the most important thing? What is the thing that you must do? We all have a great work. I'm going to leave you with two questions. Question one. What is your wall and are you willing to stay on it until the task is complete? What is your wall? You know, I love that statement from Nehemiah. And as I said before, write it down. Put it on your wall. Write it in your heart. Let it resonate there. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. I'm doing a great work and I cannot be distracted. Because this is the most important thing to me. This is the most important thing to the people that I love. This is the most important thing that's going to help me get to my destination. And it's not that what you're offering me is bad. It's just not going to help me in this season of my life. So I might have to say now, no temporarily, not forever. Just no for this season so I can get this done. And then we can do whatever we need to do. What is your wall? And are you willing to stay on it until the task is done? Number two, what must you say yes to in this season? And what must you say no to? Just as important. What must you say yes to? And what must you say no to? And I remind you again, there's distractions that could be good, enjoyable, fun, great things. And that's the danger. Because we're easy to recognize the bad stuff. We recognize that. But it's the things that we fill our schedule with that might be good, but don't help us get to our preferred future. What do you envision for your life? Where do you envision yourself to be? Those decisions need to be made now because it'll be too late when you get there. And that's what happens. You, you run off track and you're thinking, how did I get here? How come I'm in this place? I thought I was going to be here and this was the plan for my life. And you didn't get distracted by bad stuff. You got distracted by good things and entertaining things and enjoyable things. 
But that's the difficult choice, right? To say no to things that might be good, but are not great for our life. So my prayer for you this year, this season, is that you decide and prioritize the most important thing. And you tell yourself, I'm doing a great work and I can't be distracted. And when you prioritize the most important thing, it'll be easier to say no to the things that are not as important. Amen? Let's stand. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.